Turning the lens of the radio camera on the vast panorama of downtowns across Ontario. Zooming in to capture the living memories of main streets before they are lost forever. Traveling across the province in our storymobile for your tales of... Butchers and bakers and candlestick makers and buildings and heroes and side roads and weirdos and bars and stars and roads and cars and shops and cops and people who rock. Because what we have found is everyone around has one or two telling tales of the town. Come join us as we take a walk walk down down Main Street. Hello. Bonjour. I'm Allison. Je m'appelle Katie Swift. Et bienvenue à Sudbury. Welcome to Sudbury. Do you remember the Amble Scramble? Le Marché Borgia? How about Dino the Popcorn Man? When we parked the tail of a town storymobile right on Durham Street, the people of Sudbury came in and told us about all of those people and places and more. Ce sont les histoires de Sudbury, racontées par les gens de Sudbury. And now we're here to take you on a walk down Main Street. To start us off, let's follow former Sudbury poet laureate Danielle Aubin as he leads us right to the corner of Durham and Elm with one of his poems. Je marche dans le centre-ville de Sudbury, le downtown de la plasticité. Le narrateur marmonne, son habitat naturel. Une musique techno-funk, techno-fuck, m'acoustique. Je marche, les rues de Sudbury spiralent ce soir. Je trace avec mes pas un symbole spirituel. La trame sonore produite par Sonic Youth fait sonner mes pas qui spiralent aussi. Mon regard est fixe et je fixe mon regard. And this corner here was the busiest corner, right? The busiest corner in downtown Sudbury. All the action was downtown Friday night or a Saturday. The downtown was so alive. There were so many people. Just teeming with people. People back and forth. You had to be dodging people. You've heard of the crosswalks they used to have here? L'autre souvenir, c'est probablement les crosswalks. I mean, the people just walked across in any which way. C'était comme un millimélo. That's what they called Hamble Scramble. Hamble Scramble. So they'd stop the car traffic. They would just go green for the walkers. Lorsque les lumières changeaient, les piétons se pitchaient littéralement dans tous les sens. Every direction, eh? And people could walk across the intersection whichever direction they wanted. <laughs> but it was great. Everybody just went. D'ailleurs, ma mère s'est fait frapper par une auto à cause de ça, puis elle n'est pas morte, là. Elle est tombée par terre, puis pendant que tout le monde lui donnait de l'attention, la personne qui s'est sauvée, ma mère a pris son lipstick, This, I think, symbolizes the vitality. It was really a fun, exciting place to be. The excitement. They were encountering smiling people. Bonjour, Monsieur le Boulanger. How you doing, Jack? Bonjour, Madame la Boulanger. How you doing, Fred? Uh, th- that's how it was. And downtown, it was a hub of the city. Like all the stores were here. Every retailer was downtown. We would go for lunch at Woolworths while we were doing our shopping downtown. German chocolate cake at the Woolworths counter. Woolworths store here, Silverman's there, Kresge's there. Which was one of the biggest Kresge operations in Canada, for goodness sake. Puis on allait manger chez Kresge's, puis on shopait à Kresge's. Pea sellers. 
<laughs> that was my first time on an escalator. <laughs> we would go to Frank's and Fred's and have lunch. Everybody has that phobia about their first time on the escalator. What happens when you get to the top? You get sucked under that top plate, you know? <laughs> Angora sweaters from Eaton's, taking them home, keeping them in the refrigerator in a plastic bag. Wolf's Bookstore. We had a shoe shine place called Sam's. There is restaurant. Poets Pantry. We would go in there every Friday night and have our, oh my God, I guess it was rice pudding. Walt's Cafe. With coffee, of course. You made a cigarette. It was such a popular place. C'était la place à aller. It was always a community event, going shopping. It wasn't just buying something, but was going out. You actually dressed to go downtown. Can you believe that? Not in your jeans, but in your Sunday best. Because, after all, you might meet somebody. Those days, too, of course, men wore suits. People were dressed nice. We had a lot of menswear shops in town here. We had, uh, you know, from Wilkinson to uh, Seymour. Was and, oh, yeah, and then Pockett's menswear. Lino's, Benjamin. And Fairmount Shoe Store was down here. At one point, Sudbury was known as one of the best-dressed cities in Canada, and, that, and that's documented. Yes, that's true, but I, I can't recall... Who said it? Actually, I remember a story in the Toronto Star that said best-dressed men in the province were in Sudbury, and that was the case at that time. They would dress up. That's right. People cared. It was a tremendous time in our lives. I, I can remember driving. You know, you'd come and drive the strip on Friday nights with your buddies. and In a way, it was like a scene from American Graffiti. It was just like American Graffiti. It's like, this was our strip, you know? Here we were. They'd go down Durham, up Ellum, down Elgin. Durham? Then you go down where Christ the King is, then you turn left, and you go on Elgin, go uh, by the farmer's market, you go uh, by the arena, just side of the arena, and then come out. We did that hours and hours. Friday night, you'd see everybody who was cool out here on the strip. But that was the thing to do until you seen people that you wanted to see. And then you, you parked the car and, and mingled. The police would shove us along if we were hanging around. Nobody was looking to get into trouble. They're just out having fun and seeing who's who. Good memories. We were all local characters at that time <laughs> because we all were downtown. The funniest character was Dino the Popcorn Man. Oh, D uh, Dino. Oh, Dino, yeah. Well, Dino the Popcorn oh. Guy was, was there forever. Oh, my God. He was a funny guy. <laughs> uh, he's a legend, <laughs> for sure. He was, he was an establishment. He used to sit right where the old black cats used to be, right across the street from SRO. Sure, I remember Dino well, and... He always had great popcorn. He had the best popcorn. I would never buy popcorn from the guy. And you could smell his popcorn down the street. Uh, the people, ah, oh, you're eating popcorn from Dino there. Uh, you know, he picks his nose. <laughs> Don't go there. And then he put it in the nice little paper bags, and you could see all the grease running down the side of the paper bags. You'd have to be awfully drunk to buy popcorn from him. It was just, it was an iconic thing in Sudbury. Tell you a story about him. Sudbury Wolves are playing the Toronto Marlies. This was a final game in Sudbury. And uh, uh, it was hard to get a ticket. So Dino was, he had a standing room ticket. I believe it was sold out. So they were broadcasting it on radio. And he would have a thing on his ear to listen to the game on radio. And uh, uh, Ron Duguay comes over the, the red line and just fires a shot. The pocket deflected. And it sails over the glass and it hits Dino in the forehead. He doesn't realize it. He's bleeding. And... Uh, this fellow, Bobby Armiento, was right beside him. He says, Dino, Dino, are you okay? He goes, shut up, shut up. Somebody somebody got hit in the head with the puck. Dino, you're bleeding. He says, shh. 
shh, Bobby, somebody got hit. They're going to find out who it is. <laughs> and he was the one that got hit. <laughs> but he was a type of guy he was. <laughs> he was a character. But anyways, it's those downtown people that, uh, uh, that help bring some flavor here. The Capitol Theater, the old post office, the Nickel Range Hotel. So many of Sudbury's gorgeous old landmarks are but a memory. Que des souvenirs. We'll hear about all those places and more in just a moment. But first, let's go to the movies. The best cinemas in town were downtown for a long time. One of my... uh favorite theaters was uh, the Regent Theater. My earliest memory would probably be of the Odeon Theater. And we'd get on a bus and we'd come downtown to go to the Capitol Theater to watch movies, which was a big treat. But Capitol Theater was a magnificent little design. A lot of red velvet on the walls. A gorgeous lobby. A fancy place, yeah. I remember going as a little kid to see... The Little Mermaid with my mom. I think I remember going to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles there with my younger brother and my dad. One of the the um, productions that I saw there was um, Charlie Chaplin's great um, uh, satirical work on on the uh, the fascists, the Nazi guys. The, the Great Dictator, you remember that? My buddies and I, we, we would walk downtown to go to a movie. That we used to pull together about 65 cents between us, and uh, we'd pay one guy to go into the, the movie theater, and he would open up the back door, and about five of us would scream in and watch the movie. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. I think uh, the sneaking in was the funnest part, actually. Back in the early 20s, Prohibition days, silver foam breweries were running liquor and beer out of the downtown, up to Manitoulin Island, and then over into the United States. And when the train tracks went through the downtown, some of the officials at silver foam breweries paid off some of the police, and they shut the whole electricity in the city off for about an hour as they loaded up the train with booze and no one ever found out why the power went off that night. Moi un des premiers souvenirs je pense c'est la façon que je me rendais au centre-ville parce que nous on vivait sur la rue Sauvée à Chamonix et il y a des trains qui passaient et tu attendais le train Via parce que le train Via ralentissait et là des fois il débarquait du monde le kit et là tu sautais en arrière Et là, tu faisais la ride jusqu'au centre-ville de Sudbury parce que c'est la loi. Euh, quand il y a des, euh, des routes ferrières qui passent dans les centres-villes, ils doivent ralentir. Et là, on débarquait euh, jusqu'à ce que je me suis fait poigner une, une fois par ma mère. Puis là, euh, disons que j'ai pas sorti de la maison pour un bon mois. Là. C'est, c'est sûr! There are, used to be railway tracks that crossed through the downtown. And one of the Saturdays, just near Cochrane Dunlop, there was a splash of red and I think somebody lost a leg and a life. And um, although I was told as a kid, that's what happens if you try and jump on a train, bad things will happen. I actually uh, left Surrey uh, once when I was uh, 14 years old on the freight train. I was a runaway, and I left from the Lawrence Street uh, yard as I was leaving the yard there. I was going to Okanagan to get a job picking fruit and vegetables, 
and I made it as far as Winnipeg. <laughs> there was uh, 13 hotels downtown here. Who ever seen that before? The Queen's Hotel, the infamous Queen's Hotel. It was a hotel that had a balcony overlooking the market space. And on occasion, that up on the balcony would be uh, a girl or two showing her wares for the passers-by on the street of Borgia. As a teenager, I couldn't go to a bar then. Well, you know, you sneaked in a few times. <laughs> it was at uh, King Edward Hotel, <laughs> which is now a parking lot. Puis ont élargi le chemin sur la rue Paris. Puis Sudbury a pas gardé beaucoup de de, de choses historiques. A lot, a lot of the businesses that used to be here are gone. King Eddie, the Montreal Tavern, the Ramsey Hotel, the Queen's Hotel, the Paris Hotel, Balmoral, Nickel Range. Am I missing? The Normandy, and now it's a parking lot. The old King Edward Hotel. It's now a parking lot, just like this one is a parking lot. There's so many beautiful buildings that have been taken down. A lot of the older buildings are have closed. I think a lot of those big stores are gone. The old post office at the corner of Durham and Allen, which was a beautiful site that they should have kept, but they tore it down. We don't have a tendency to keep a lot of our history in our downtown. We tear it down, which is sad. C'est dommage qu'il y ait tellement de belles it was a crying shame because the Borgia district of Sudbury was kind of like, um, would have become the Yorkville village of Sudbury if we had have worked it properly. The market was a year-round market. Melons and fish market. At the end of it was a butcher shop. Louis smoke shop. Yeah, yeah, I missed that place. It was called Urban Renewal, and that was the worst thing that ever happened to their downtown. They just gutted the heart of the downtown. The Rainbow Center. It demolished the entire area of the Borgia. It destroyed all that character, all that history. Borgia Street is lost, all that memory. Well, I think what really changed is a lot of the businesses moved out of downtown. With the opening of the malls, a lot of the uh, retail establishments uh, moved out. And it turned its back to the Main Street of Elm, it turned its back to the rest of the downtown. When a lot of these businesses moved out to the malls, then you saw a decrease in actually the amount of people populations. Well, you look at today, it's a long weekend, and you could fire a cannon down Durham Street and not hit anybody. And it destroyed all the vibe there was. It hollowed out the downtown. One of the places that a lot of folks in Sudbury miss is Records on Wheels. Ça, c'est le record shop qui appartenait à Tony Anselmo pour 40 ans. To many people, it was more than just a record store. Écoutez-en à Tony lui-même. I'm Tony Anselmo, uh, born August 19th, 1952. I used to be the owner of Records on Wheels, uh, an established store in the downtown for 40 years. Started in a bus, and it was basically a, a single aisle up the middle and records on either side. And We used to have an 8-track player in the bus playing music all day long. And then I had a visit from the city bylaw people saying, you got to keep your speakers inside, 
You can't put them outside because it's noise pollution. All right. Done. So we blared it from inside. <laughs> well, you, you know the, the other aspect I always used to say, we were more like the old general store where people would come in and talk everything from politics to sports to you name it. Religion. It was like sitting around that potbelly stove in an old general store and just chewing the fat all day long. I was their psychiatrist. As it would have been a bartender doing it, it was the record salesman that did it. As a matter of fact, that's where I met my wife. She was a, a Beatles and Eagles fan. Then uh, once we moved in together, I turned her around. My wife used to say, we knew how well you partied the day before by the number of cups of coffee that were lined up outside the door. Because people would come with coffee, and if I wasn't there, they'd just leave it there for me. The final move, we moved from the corner of Elm and Durham down to where Photo World used to be on Durham Street. And there were so many people that showed up in the morning to help us move that I literally said to people, we don't need a truck. We could literally hand bomb everything up the street. And then once we moved into the space, there were so many people there that we had to kick them out so we could set the store up because we opened up the next day. That's how much help we had. It was just spectacular. Like I said, it was 40 years of, of fun. But as everything comes to an end. I still support downtown, even though I'm not in business downtown anymore. I live about five minutes from, ten minutes from downtown, so downtown's always been my playground, so to speak. It was part of community. I don't know why I like this place so much, but I do. For me, it's the Old Rock Coffee, um, where I get my coffee every morning and where the person that pours my coffee knows my name and knows how I like it. To me, that's what makes downtown special. Stopping in shops, stop for uh, something to drink or something to eat. Uh, culturally speaking, I'm not worried at all. I think that we're booming and it's just going to keep going and there's going to be more and more spaces for artists to do things. That feeling isn't there in a mall or in a big box store. We work on a project d'infrastructure, a place des arts, où on pourrait euh, faire vibrer et vivre tout ce qu'on fait en français, en art et culture, au centre-ville de Sudbury. Little places, little coffee shops, like Café Petit Gâteau, that were like unimaginable 10 years ago, are now working like like very well. It's an awesome place. We have patios here. That's the other really exciting thing about downtown now is all the patios taking over the sidewalks. I had friends from out of town come in a couple months ago and they started off their night at La Fromagerie and there was like, okay, there's live music there. They went to the Buddha back room and there were some live jazz musicians and then they finished off at the townhouse and they were like, there's live music in every venue that we've been in Sudbury. Like, is this just the thing? And it was like, I guess it kind of is, you know? Our great downtown or, or what used to be our great downtown and it seems to be having a little renaissance, which is nice to see. We'll see what happens. Pass a, we'll pass the torch on to, to, uh, to other people that have new energies and new ideas and, and uh, new dreams of making the community a better place. We'll pass the torch on. Thanks for tuning in. To hear more tales and find out when the Stormobile is coming to your town, visit thetaleofatown.com. 
Un gros merci à Downtown Sudbury, le Conseil des arts de l'Ontario, les célébrations de l'Ontario 400 et la fondation du Trillium. Special thanks to Downtown Sudbury, the Ontario Arts Council, Ontario 400 Celebrations, and the Ontario Trillium Foundation for their generous support of our project. And to everyone in Sudbury who supported our performance installation and took the time to share their stories, you can find a complete list on our website. Conte Citadin a été créé et produit par Fixed Point. The Tale of a Town is created and produced by Fixed Point and developed in collaboration with the National Arts Centre to capture the collective community memory of Canada's main streets. Une histoire à la fois. One story at a time. This episode was produced by me, Alison Broverman, and created in collaboration with the artistic team, including Katie Swift, Matthew Haiti, and Annie McEwen, with original music by Jake Nichol. Merci d'avoir écouté.